And in this corner, weighing in at a set of blueberries, the standard low-fat Republican, grand old Republican, who refuses to fight the Democrats the way they fight us, Governor Goofball. And in this corner, weighing in at a set of Vidalia onions, the teller of truth, the slayer of Democrats. Folks, people want a champion. A man and his microphone. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the hatchet man. Welcome to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And, uh, hey, so appropriate that we're opening up with a little bit of a Aretha Franklin. And she said that was her favorite song, Freedom, singing about freedom. And uh, at the bottom of our first hour uh, today, 1030, uh, we're going to have as a guest Mark Beagle, who is uh, he's a biographer. Uh, of uh, the late Aretha Franklin, and uh, and of course, in the wake of her passing, uh, I think he already had been working on an updated version uh, because she had been sick for quite some time. And so we're going to have him. Uh, he'll be joining us at 1030. Then at 11 o'clock, uh, my very, very good friend, uh, Pastor Carl Gallops, uh, he's going to uh, check in again. And uh, I've been blessed to... Uh, become friends with Pastor Gallops and had him as a guest on this program, I think at least a dozen times. Uh, Always, always, um, you know, uh, a really, really great interview with him. Multiple uh, top-selling author and uh, just a great all-around guy. And uh, if any of you out there have not yet heard one of my interviews with Brother Carl, you guys, you got to hang around for our second hour. He'll be joining us at 11 o'clock. And um, and also, you know, hopefully we'll have uh, plenty of phone call action today. I'd love to talk to you all out there. Uh, a lot on the uh, plate today here uh, at the Really Real Deal. Uh, so much going on in the world and so many news outlets just dealing in the minutia of things and never, ever uh, getting uh, digging deep, uh, drilling down. And, of course, many of them, they don't want to go deep. <laughs> Okay, Uh, many of them, what they want is the sound bite. Okay, and that's kind of what uh, really all Mueller wants is to, uh, you know, get a get a conviction. So then you have the sound bite. Oh, you know, someone associated with Donald Trump got convicted. Okay, so they got a conviction uh, on Manafort. They got a uh, guilty plea on Cohen. Okay. Uh, the things that Manafort uh, are, was convicted of have absolutely nothing to do with President Trump. These things go back, uh, you know, to 2006 and, and beyond. Uh, in a, and I'm not going to defend it. It's um, I will say this, that the um, the FBI, the I think it was the uh, United States attorney for the state of New York passed on prosecuting these crimes, and they are crimes, okay? But 
they felt like it was small, it was too small for them in all the resources. Because remember, folks, when the federal government comes after you, they come after you with resources, okay? And so this is, uh, this is literally what we're witnessing is a modern-day high-tech assassination, okay? And I remember when uh, Justice Clarence Thomas referred to what the Democrats took him through in his confirmation hearing, he referred to it as a high-tech lynching, you know, for uppity blacks who deign to think for themselves. And so... I style this a high-tech assassination, picking up on on the words of uh, Justice Clarence Thomas with with the high-tech lynching. They don't throw a rope around folks' necks anymore. They, you know, this is the way it's done in a modern in a modern era. And so, same thing with uh, Trump. Okay, they they are people that have literally said that they would like to kill him. I mean, one one guy, some actor, even boasted about. Um, the uh, assassination of Abraham Lincoln at that, and he's never forget an actor did that. Okay, and so we we sometimes we think, oh, why don't these actors just uh, shut up and act, or shut up and sing, or shut up and bounce that ball? Okay, and uh, but these can be very dangerous people. <clears throat> For one thing, I think a lot of these people they. They have an ego problem. They have, uh, they get all this adulation, and they know in their heart of hearts they're not worthy of it. Okay, they know. Wow, all I do is I throw a ball. Okay, police officers put their lives on the line. Soldiers put their lives on the line. Teachers are doing well. It seems a minority of teachers these days, but still, teachers are doing yeoman's work. You have all kinds of folks out here making real contributions, and you know. Guy can throw a ball, can hit a ball, can kick a ball. Guy can sing. Okay, a guy can act. All right, Robert De Niro, he's three feet tall, and he gets to play a tough guy. Okay, and so he knows he's not tough. He, In his heart of hearts, the man knows he's a, a little man, and I'm not speaking of his... As a matter of fact, you know, one thing about radio, you can't take back what you just said. <laughs> I wish I had not spoken to say, okay, the guy's three feet tall, okay? Fine, because, you know, one of the things I've um, been a proponent of all my life is not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. So I don't, he could be two feet tall, but physical size does not, make the measure of the man. It's your character. It's what's inside of you. And spiritually, guys like Robert De Niro, spiritually, they're three feet tall. Okay, you could be, you could be physically uh, of, of, of short stature and you could be a giant. But the guy, he knows he's not a giant. And so these people, they know these things about them. So they have to, they have to interject themselves into serious affairs as though they're serious people, and they're not, okay? And so you get all this commentary. I mean, MSNBC, CNN, they literally, they go out and, uh, I forget, what's this chick, uh, this actress <laughs> that they go to, to, uh, oh, what is her name? The name escapes me. But it's like, okay, this is who they're interviewing about Donald Trump? I mean, folks, it's just... It's maddening what we're witnessing, okay? 
We are witnessing the high-tech assassination of a president, okay? And the things that are going on, you, 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 they, they dig up Carl Bernstein to say, oh, this is worse than Watergate. It, yes, it is worse than Watergate, but not anything that Trump has done. What's worse than Watergate is, remember now, it was the Democrats that got uh, Nixon removed. And again, I'm not going to defend Nixon, but if you compare the things that Nixon did, you compare them to the Clintons, compare them to Obama, okay? Nixon simply put in a request to his IRS director, Okay, these people that are hounding me, I want you to investigate them to see if there's any dirt. Nixon's IRS director refused to do this, so it did not get done, but it was one of the articles of impeachment. Okay? Now, contrast this by with uh, the Clintons and with Obama. Okay? The Clintons had 500 FBI files in the White House in boxes on their enemies. Obama actually literally unleashed the IRS on people. Okay? Actually did it. it was, there was no request that got refused. It was actually done. Okay? And so, and now you, you dig up uh, Carl Bernstein. Okay, a guy that got lucky once in his life and has been milking it ever since. I mean, these, both these uh, Watergate guys, they're both empty suits. Okay, they got one, they got lucky with one story that was fed to them by Mark Felt. And ever since then, I, I mean, these guys are treated as heroes. And why are they heroes? Are, are they brilliant? Do they do, they, uh, do they do yeoman's work? Have they had another story other than Watergate? No. They have a notch in their belt. They took out the big dog. They took out a president. Okay, and so here we go again. They want to take this president out. Okay, and so, and it doesn't matter that it's Trump. Remember, these people hated Ronald Reagan. Okay, why did the Nobel Prize not go to Reagan? Why did the Nobel Prize go to Gorbachev? Okay, Gorbachev did what Reagan forced him to do, he didn't do it of his own volition. At a minimum, it should have been a joint Nobel Prize. And so it does not matter who the Republican is, okay? It just simply does not matter because at the end of the day, Republicans, and, 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 and I'm not making a blanket statement that all Republicans are pure, holy, and righteous. That's not what I'm doing. But what I'm saying is, generally speaking, the Republican platform, the Republican ideology, the, the, the desires and the aspirations of Republican voters, the reasons why people even vote Republican is because the direction in which the Republican Party leans is in the direction of God, the direction of freedom, the direction that your rights and my rights are a gift from God, and that our fellow man who works for the government, they work for us. We don't work for them. Okay, the states created the federal government. The federal government didn't create the states. We're governed, and these are our sacred documents. We're governed by the consent of the governed. We're not serfs. We're free people. Okay, and I know there's, and you all who are longtime listeners, you know, I I pimp slap the Republicans when they need pimp slapping, and I'm not bashful about it either. Okay, so no, you know, we're going to open the phone lines up uh, after our first break, but don't, you know, don't call up in here and saying I'm. 
you know, I'm a, a Trump worshiper or a Republican worshiper. I worship only my father, which is in heaven. And that is it. Okay. But facts are facts. Okay. And the reason that they go after Trump, it could have been any Republican. Even if weak little Jeb Bush had become president, they'd be they'd have a reason to go after him. They went after his uh his big brother. They went after his daddy. All you have to do is be a Republican because the Republican creed rests on freedom. Not that all Republicans implement this perfectly. Okay, but this is what it rests on. It rests on the fact that we limit government. Okay, just like you season your food with a limited amount of salt. You don't dump the whole box of salt in it. You sprinkle it. That's good government with a sprinkling of control, a sprinkling of taxation, a sprinkling. This is this is good government. And who was it? I think it was Jefferson. I'm not sure. He said he governs best, he who governs least, okay? And de Tocqueville, in his um, explanation of democracy in America, said the great thing about America is that, that there is less need for government and that a good government makes its citizens need it less. Exact opposite of the Democrat Party. The exact opposite. The exact opposite of the deep state. The exact opposite of all these people who are just, they're feeding at the government trough. And there are plenty of Republicans that do this too. But when Republicans do it, they have to sneak and do it. They have to do it subtly. They have to do it in moderation. They have to do it a very little bit. But the Democrat Party, this is what they're all about, okay? All the millions of dollars that are being made in remedial education, for example. Why are there millionaires getting rich off of remedial education? You, you know, the same people, you have the children from from, um, you know, K through 12, and now you're going to make money, I mean, big money for remedial education? How many colleges have, have to remediate their freshmen? How many? And this is not free, folks. This is people feeding at the government trough, okay? This whole flap over Brennan and the, um, the security clearances. Again, people feeding at the government trough. They leave government. They want these security clearances because they can go to work for private companies. They can go into media. They can go into academia. They can go into all sorts of enterprises afterwards. And because they have an active security clearance, they can make big bucks. Six million dollars for Comey. Six mi- what does Comey know that's worth six million dollars to a private company? And this is where it's at, folks. I'm a little long on our open. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. And um, when we come back, and maybe we'll go ahead and open the phone lines up uh, just for a few minutes. We do have a guest coming on at 1030 and another one at 11 o'clock. But anyway, pay attention to this giving ad uh, because this is how your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, stays on the air to bring you truth the type of truth that I don't think, and feel free to call me and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you get this from MSNBC, CNN, or even Fox News. I think you get minutia and the talking point of the day and the two-headed talking point of, 
you know, well, Satan, let's get your opinion. God said this. I, I take it you disagree, Satan. Go ahead. What's your point, sir? You know, that's what you get from them. Okay? We're going to take a quick break. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Feeling my way through the darkness Guided by a beaten heart I can't tell where the journey will end But I know where to start They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live. And the number here, if you would like to participate, 804-454-1366. We probably have time for one phone call prior to our bottom of the hour news break and our guest on the other side. 804-454-1366. We're talking about the high-tech assassination of President Donald J. Trump. And I maintain that it does not, you know, they want to personalize it. This is a um, Saul Alinsky tactic uh, to personalize everything. It's always an ad hominem attack, an attack that goes directly to the man. It's not an uh, an issue, you know. It's, I mean, folks, you can go back to the Bible, uh, the book of Daniel. They, they, uh, the, the people that wanted to get rid of Daniel, these were people in the king's court that hated uh, Daniel and and the access he had, uh, so they said, "Well, hey, it, we we can't get him on him not doing his job because the man does his job." Okay, so we have to set a trap, and so there there is no new thing under the sun, no new thing under the sun. Okay, even you look at the ministry of Jesus Christ, people would come around to try to trap him with words and they and it, the word is written it said they would feign themselves just men 
Okay, so in other words, they pretend to be righteous and come around and they're nitpicking and trying to use uh, words to entrap people to be able to go and say, well, hey, look at this. Uh, We need to kill this guy. All right. And this is the justification for why we need to kill him. And so there's no again, there is no new thing under the sun. Okay, and then you and there's all this hatred that's ginned up for Donald Trump. And trust me, folks, it this is they did this with Reagan. They called Reagan Ronald Reagan. Imagine that. Now we look back at how Reagan pushed the Soviet Union to the point where it had to collapse. And so and you, you start you started out, you had Russia and the 11 satellite nations that made up the Soviet Union. OK, now those other 11 nations, they're free nations now. OK, you can thank Ronald Reagan for that. OK, at the end of World War Two, we got half of Europe free and the other half. We told them, well, look, you guys, you know, Russia helped us defeat Hitler. So we had to make a bargain with the devil. Now, you guys just going to have to wait. I'm sorry. We'll come back and we'll get you later. Okay. Well, who came back and got them later? Rinaldus Magnus came back and got them later. But to these people in the media, it was not the Soviet Union that was the problem in the world. It was Ronald Reagan that was the problem in the world. Okay. Gorbachev was the good guy. Reagan was the bad guy. Never forget this, folks. Never forget this, okay? And so it's not Donald Trump. It's just that being that Trump is from outside the world of government, he was just a guy, a rich guy at that, living his life. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, tabloid-type stuff. I mean, uh, a hooker. I mean, whether he did or whether he didn't, I don't know that he did. I don't know that he didn't. But this is the type of silliness. And these are the same people that said it was it was okay for Bill Clinton to do these things. This was not with a hooker in Bill Clinton's case. This was with a college intern. You ever heard of the term in loco parentis? That means you send your daughter off to school. The teacher's not going to, you know, use her sexually. In loco parentis. So you could have an intern at a place of business, okay? Does that mean you get to treat the intern the way Bill Clinton treated his intern? No, it does not, because you are in loco parentis, in the place of the parent. So, folks, it could have been anybody. If Ted Cruz had become president, they would be going after Cruz. Like I said, if it was Little Jeb, they'd find some reason to go after Little Jeb. This is the high-tech assassination of President Donald J. Trump, okay? You heard it right here on The Really Real Deal. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our guest, uh, and we're going to shift gears, uh, uh, a great big gear shift, and uh, we'll be back. Cut him down. Well, my goodness gracious, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the midnight dew. I've been down on bended knee, talking to the man from Galilee.
without a woman That's right. You tell them, James Brown. It wouldn't be nothing without our women and our girls. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And we have another Really Real Deal guest lined up for you today, Mark Bego. And uh, I'm telling you, I did not know this man has written 62 books, folks. And um, I mean, uh, Mark, are you there? I'm very busy writing all those books. <laughs> yeah, I see you've been a very, very busy guy. And, uh, man, I'm just looking at a, the list of, let me s- scroll back to the top here. I mean, it's not just Aretha Franklin, man. You have written, whoo, good God, uh, Elton John, Billy Joel, Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, Madonna, Bonnie Raitt, the Doobie Brothers, Three Dog Night, I mean, Aretha, the Supremes, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, Tina Turner, Whitney. I mean, it, on and on and on, all the way down to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> see, I have good taste in music and movies, too. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, I see. Yeah, a whole a long list of uh, actors you've written about, too. DiCaprio, Will Smith, Matt Damon, Rock Hudson. Uh, Julia Roberts, Linda Gray. I mean, on and on and on, man. And uh, and you're from Detroit, right? I am. I'm from the suburbs of Detroit. I was born in Pontiac and grew up in uh, Bloomfield Hills. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. right where Aretha had her house in Bloomfield Hills, or has one of her houses. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and there's something special about Detroit that you have uh, Aretha. I mean, within. You know, the way I understand it is just within um, a few miles or it might even be within a few blocks that uh, you had, uh, you know, in the 50s and 60s, you had all this talent, all these young people um, that were just uh, blew the world away with the Motown sound. I mean, what was what was it like uh, in, in the early days? Well, I um, I lived up in the suburbs, and when I when I grew up in the late '60s, I was in high school, and my music was what was going on down Woodward Avenue, Motown. I loved the Supremes, loved Martha and the Vandellas, the Temptations, and how exciting it was for me to imagine that they're like 20 miles away, right down Woodward Avenue, literally, mm-hmm. with Motown Records. And you know what an era! My God, like you said, uh, Aretha. Smokey, uh, Barry Gordy, all the guys from The Temptations, The Supremes, all this incredible talent right there concentrated in Detroit. Yeah. You know, it makes one wonder, is it Motown that made this happen, or is it all that incredible talent that made Motown happen? It, it had to be the talent, I mean. They they even say, and I, well, actually, I read this in your book, so it's not they say you... <laughs> that, um, Aretha was uh, very young and a pianist, and that there were people that really wanted her when she was singing gospel music in her father's church choir, uh, but that she was too young to be, uh, you know, going out and being a part of that world. But that even back then, they recognized the talent that Aretha had at 12, 13, 14 years old. I mean, that's amazing to think that Aretha recorded her first album as a 14-year-old girl. I mean, that's just amazing. And if you listen to those recordings, 
Um, the recordings are a little rough themselves, but Aretha's voice is just as clear as a bell. Mm-hmm. There's just no question she was going to really do something with that talent. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one of the things I always noticed about Aretha Franklin, and I, you know, love her music, but she always seemed so sad. Okay, and so and it and 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 I talked about this last week when we did the the program uh, right after her passing that she appeared to be a woman who was very, very well acquainted with, with grief, with heartache, and with pain. And as we all know, you know, art, pain and art kind of can go hand in hand. It's, it's like that, that old saying about the, uh, the hammer of the chisel, you know, carving the, the, the ugly rock into a beautiful uh, work of art, uh, Sometimes for some lives, there's that type of pain, the striking of the hammer and the chisel. That is really a good point you bring up, because Aretha did have, although she grew up in her father's church, was uh, definitely well upper middle class in downtown Detroit. The hardships that she had were not financial, but emotional. Mm -hmm. Her mother deserted the family when she was a young girl. Her father uh, was a local celebrity. Uh, she became pregnant at the age 12. She had two children by the time she was 16, had to drop out of high school. Her father was very domineering. She married uh, the wrong man as her first husband. and mm-hmm. he At 19, her. married him. Yeah, just to get out of her father's house, I think. Yeah, I would guess so. I mean, and he, he was not just a celebrity. He was a celebrity preacher. I mean, Absolutely. and I talk about pulpit pimps all the time. So it's like an early version of a pulpit pimp with, you know, could command $4,000 for a sermon. I mean, back in the 1950s, $4,000? Can you imagine? That that I mean, would be like 50000 today, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so he was someone that commanded that kind of money and really kind of sold his uh, uh, ability to preach to people mm-hmm. uh, and, and went off on uh, tent. Those, those uh, gospel caravans where they'd have a tent and, mm-hmm. and go through the South and, and do those revival meetings, he would take Aretha with him. Mm-hmm. And he also had a household where, since he was a celebrity, Dinah Washington would come over, Mahalia Jackson would be there, mm-hmm. Sam Cooke would stop by for dinner. I mean, so Aretha saw all these incredible people who could sing so many different styles, and she was influenced and inspired by them. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, it, was, it just came bursting forth, I think, yeah. that talent. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was reading in your book about Mahalia Jackson and, um, and what she, she gave, actually gave Aretha encouragement, not, not only in singing, but in piano playing. Absolutely. You know, when I, I was doing this book, I interviewed, well, the first version of this book came out in 1989, and this is actually the third time I've had to update it because the interest in Aretha just grows and grows. And now with her passing, everyone wants to know what the backstory was on her life. And she, she wasn't sure what to do, so she took off for New York as a teenager. She was 18 years old when she went to New York to sign with Columbia Records. And I really want to encourage your listeners to go check out some of those Columbia recordings that Aretha mm-hmm. did. Although they were not as commercial as respect and the other things she did at Atlantic in the 60s and 70s, her voice is so clean and pure, singing the blues, singing pop standards, singing just 
absolutely anything. Just gorgeous. That that voice is so crisp and clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great that she found the commercial success that made her the queen of soul. Yeah. We're all proud of that. But her talent shines through on those Columbia albums as well. Yeah. Now, what was the story behind the reason she chose not to go with Motown? I mean, that's like the hometown and all they, they, they all these people knew one another. And she goes, you know, first to Columbia, then to Atlantic and, and not to Motown. Well, you have to look at the timeline of what was going on. When Aretha signed with Columbia Records, it was like 1959, 1960, Motown was not a big deal at that point. Motown was, had started in 59, had a couple of local artists, did not have the kind of money that it would take for, for Aretha to launch a career mm-hmm. and launch a show and, 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 and get a, a, the kind of recording contract she wanted. Uh, had it happened a little differently when Motown was the huge thing in Detroit, say, five years later, um, then she may have, have definitely mm-hmm. ended up at Motown. But Motown wasn't, wasn't the force that it became in mm-hmm. 1959, so, 1960. So when did she sign with Atlantic? Um, she signed with Atlantic in 67. Record contracts are typically seven-year contracts. Uh-huh. So uh, from 60 to 67, she was at uh, Columbia. Then she signed with Atlantic because they were having a lot of chart success with R&B records, and she longed to be where she could really let loose. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I interviewed Jerry Wexler, uh, her producer from that era, he said to me, Aretha seemed very... Uh, sort of closed up in the studio and, and a little bit timid. He said, I, he took her to the piano and he said, would you please play the piano and sing to your piano playing? And he said her soul opened up once she started doing that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and look, one of my favorite uh, songs that we play when we go to commercial break is uh, You Gotta Think. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Singing about freedom. <laughs> Words to live by. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I've heard somewhere that she said that that was her favorite of all her songs. You can see why. If you watch the Blues Brothers and see that incredible number she does in yes. the film, that, she turns <laughs> Think into an anthem. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and look, the whole nation could use Think as an anthem, couldn't it? <laughs> I'm telling you, please, would someone stop and think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So look, uh, tell folks how they can, because uh, I understand the um, this, this latest version uh, is coming out uh, in a few weeks. Uh, tell folks how they can... Uh, hook up with you, uh, get your, um, you know, I guess you, you have an entire library. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, thankfully, uh, Barnes & Noble and uh, barnesandnoble.com and uh, the uh, reading machines Nook and Amazon and their Kindle uh, makes it available for everybody to read this book. Mm-hmm. It's, um, the official pub date for my book is, uh, which is a special tribute edition to Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul, is going to be September 18th, but the pre-sales on Amazon mm-hmm. already drove it up to number one on one of their lists. Wow. So you can pre-order it. Um, it will be in your local bookstore. Go to your local bookstore. If you're near Barnes & Noble, ask them when it's coming in. It's already at the, the printer and shipping, so it should be any time now. Oh, okay. Great, great. 
Well, I really appreciate it. I uh, appreciate uh, all your work. I mean, these these artists do a lot, but folks like you who write about them, man, that's a lot of work, too. That's a labor of love. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It, it is a passion of mine. Uh, I grew up loving Aretha's music, so this book was, was, was second nature to me. I wanted to tell the story of someone who I really admired and Aretha fit that bill. Right. Well, God bless you. Much success to you in the future with other endeavors and, and particularly with this book. And thank you for sharing with our audience. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. God bless. Thank, thank you now. You. All right. Bye-bye. Well, all right, folks. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will open up the phone lines for a few minutes here. We have another fantastic guest coming up at the top of the next hour. The number here, if you would like to participate, 804 804- A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio program, The Really Real Deal, as we listen to a little bit of Aretha Franklin saying a little prayer. And, uh, hey, I certainly could use that. I don't know about you out there, folks. But, uh, hey, we have, uh, what, 12 minutes before, well, 11 minutes now before the top of the hour news break. I would love to speak with Uh, Someone out there, 804-454-1366 is the number, 804-454-1366. 
1-800-227-1366. And, um, you know, we'd, uh, now if someone out there would like to uh, continue on talking about the uh, the high-tech assassination of President Donald Trump, uh, that's fine. But right now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because the, um, you know, it's the, these enemies out here, it's not just President Trump. And this is the point I'm trying to make is the type of warfare is really a war against God. Okay. And it's a war against the people of God, people who believe in God. And this is led by the coalition of evil that I talk about all the time, the Democrat party. Okay. And again, you know, I'm not talking about you, Mon Pa Democrat, okay? Although uh, I'm sure there are some Democrats out there that know what they're doing and do it gleefully. And so, and you know who you are. If that's you, yeah, I'm talking about you, okay? But I think most Democrats are just under deception. The Democrat Party is the party of deception. And every, if you notice everything they accuse Trump of, these are the things they do. Even the Russia probe, this was... You know, the Clintons are guilty of Russia collusion, not Trump, okay? The um, the FBI, all of the uh, governmental agencies have been weaponized. All of them have been weaponized, okay? And that we are literally, we're at war in this coalition of evil led by the, the United States' Democratic Party, but it includes communists, socialists, atheists, Muslim Hear me, Muslim fundamentalists, okay? What is a Muslim fundamentalist, okay? A Muslim fundamentalist is someone that literally interprets the Quran, takes the example of Prophet Muhammad, and the idea that according to Islam, it means to submit, Okay, this is what they they say this. Okay, I'm not saying this. I cite Muslim scholars that say this submission. Okay, there's no freedom. There is submission. You contrast that with the words of Jesus Christ. You take the example of the life of Jesus and the example of the life of Muhammad. And it's a contrast on on one hand, freedom where you accord it to become a believer of your own free will because God is after your heart, okay? If your heart comes, your hind parts will follow. Maybe that was stated a little inelegantly, but you get the point. (laughs) On the other hand, okay, they, it's 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 physical. It's of the flesh, okay? And so we, you, your hind parts is going to come, and if you don't bring it, we'll cut your head off. You will submit, period, okay? And we can lie to you to cause you to submit. We can threaten you with uh, taxation, second-class uh, status of being a dehemi. We can cut your head off. We can rape your daughter, your wife. We can do whatever we want to you. We can send a bunch of so-called immigrants to overrun your country, to 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 you know do engage in population replacement, and when they come, they're going to pop out eight babies per woman. I heard um, some uh, Muslim scholars say that our great weapon is the womb of our women. We're going to outpopulate you. And they're doing these things, folks. So they are part and parcel of the coalition of evil. Now, what do all these 
have in common when you say coalition of evil. That's a strong word, evil. I'd never get any pushback on it, okay? I would love some pushback, 804-454-1366. I never get any, you know? But communism, socialism, fundamentalist Islam, atheism, the homo-Nazis, all of this, okay? It goes counter to the idea that God created us free, which our Declaration of Independence states, okay? And, that, and, and I know there are people out there that say, well, they will just poo-poo the whole idea. Oh, you know, America, you know, what was this, Governor Cuomo? America was never great, he said. Never, was never great. It's not great now, and it was never great, okay? And so people will nitpick every flaw, and flaws are easy to find. They're easy to find. But the great thing about Christian faith is simply that you don't have to be perfect. There's some faiths that you only, they say you get to heaven on your own, uh, on your own accord. And Christian faith is not that way. You just ask for the forgiveness of the Father At the crucifixion of Christ, you had a, a thief on each side of him. One thief, both sinners, which represents all of us as sinners. And one thief made mockery. That's the coalition of evil. That's the coalition of evil. And the other thief begged forgiveness and said, please remember me when you enter your kingdom. And so it's not that one was righteous and the other was was a sinner. No, they were both sinners. One sought the forgiveness of the Father and the other one sought to make mockery. And so it does not matter that it's Donald Trump occupying the office, standing in the gap for us. Whoever is going to stand in that gap, the coalition of evil is going to attack them. Had Ted Cruz pulled it out, they would be attacking Ted Cruz. I can't imagine you know, any of those other jokers uh, winning the Republican nomination or, or beating Hillary, you know, little Marco, Jeb Bush, Kasich, the idiot from Ohio, you know, Bobby Jindal, Walker from Wisconsin. You just can't imagine any of the others winning, you know. Now, a lot of them, they have done fine work on a local level as a governor or as a senator, but they're not big dog material. Trump is the big dog. And in the age that we live in, things have come to a head the way they do every four generations. You have flashpoints in American history. They're known as gates of history. Revolutionary War. Four generations later, the Civil War. Four generations later, World War II. And we're right now four generations after World War II. Every four generations, like clockwork, we have these flashpoints. And when you have a flashpoint, a gate of history, a turn that goes from the bottom to the point where you have a new growth, you cannot have an ordinary president. You have to have a very, very strong president. And so there's no way it would have been Jeb. But if by some miracle it had been Jeb, you think that the Democrats would be leaving Jeb Bush alone? Well, we know they wouldn't be leaving Ted Cruz alone. They hate Ted Cruz. Even uh, McConnell and the Republicans hate Ted Cruz. 
They hate Donald Trump more than Cruz because Trump actually won. He beat Cruz. So it doesn't matter, folks. It doesn't matter, okay? Eisenhower, the, 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 the brains behind the victory in World War II, went after him, an amiable dunce. Reagan, Nixon. You know, look at all the things Nixon instituted that the left loves. Nixon really was not a conservative. He could talk conservatism, but he wanted to, he, you know, he had this need to be liked, which is a, a flaw that I find in too many Republicans because the devil is not going to like you if you're really doing your job. If you're really, really doing your job, they're not going to like you. So you cannot do your job and be liked. You have to choose, which one am I going to do, okay? Am I going to have my enemies like me? Am I going to have the coalition of evil like me? Are the communists going to like me? Are the socialists going to like me? Are the homo Nazis going to like me? Are the feminazis going to like me? Or am I going to do the will of God? Am I going to represent my nation? And God bless President Donald J. Trump. One of the first things he said was, I'm the president of the United States, not the president of the world. And this is why they hate him. And this is why we are witnessing the high-tech assassination of President Donald J. Trump. We're going to take a top-of-the-hour news break, and we'll come back with my good friend, Pastor Carl Gallops. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Because the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio program, The Really Real Deal. And as promised, folks, talk about a big dog guest, uh, my good, good friend, uh, Brother Carl, Pastor Carl. I call him, I lovingly call him uh, Brother Carl, uh, but uh, Brother Carl is Pastor uh, of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in in Florida and um, author, uh, oh God, the books this man has written, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, uh, The Magic Man in the Sky, When the Lion Roars, Be Thou Prepared, Gods and Thrones. And um, brother, how are you? 
<laughs> brother, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for that gracious introduction. And yes, you are my brother, my friend. It's good to be back with you, Brother Craig. Hey, it's so good to have you back. And uh, always good to have my number one guest. And uh, it's no longer a tie. I think we've had you on about a dozen times. And it's always it is. I'm just so looking forward to it because you always have something uh, wonderful and interesting to share with the audience. And uh, I hope you and Pam, your lovely wife, are doing well. Yes, yes, I am, and 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 she is. And thank you so much. And I, I, uh, I I'm sure that your family is doing well. As, yeah, as, as well. Yeah. yeah, we're just we're very very blessed and. Um, you know, so much going on. I just got through talking about, uh, and I really, I, this this really should be the title of my next article, The yeah. High-Tech Assassination of President Donald J. Trump. You know, uh, and yeah. you remember uh, back in, uh, I think it was 1989, uh, the confirmation of uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas when he referred to the way the left-wing uh, neoliberal Democrats treated him he called it a high-tech lynching. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I remember it well. I do. And listen, that kind of high-tech assassination and character assassination uh, is, is, you know, I mean, that's, that's the scourge of the day. And, yeah. and listen, I'm, I'm subject to it. You're subject to it. Oh, and of course, man. we're not comparing ourselves with the stature of, of, of the president. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrific. But, you know, yeah. it's and the listeners are subject to it. All you have to do is align yourself with truth. Okay, yes. if you do God's will, there's an enemy out there. I mean, this isn't this right out of the book of Daniel, how they said that, uh, hey, we can't find anything wrong with the way the man does his job, so let's set a trap for him because we got to get rid of this guy. That's right. That's right. The deep state. The deep state's been around ever since the Garden of Eden. Hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) And and by the way, so has fake news. Oh, well, did God really say? God didn't say. Exactly. God's a lie. Yeah, yeah. No new thing under the sun. uh, As a matter of fact, fake news and deep state. Yeah, yeah, I I was privileged to give a speech to a uh, a ladies' prayer group uh, last Saturday, right after the program. I hightailed it on, on over there. And uh, that was the subject of my talk. There's no new thing under the sun. And it's all this stuff from, you know, the, the so-called health care crisis, um, the deep state attack, the fake news. All, none of it is new. Yeah. No. Yeah. You open God's word. You can find it all. <laughs> You're absolutely right. In the, in the book of Ecclesiastes says that there's nothing new under the sun. Everything yeah. repeats itself. And, and uh, so we're, we, we find ourselves, and as a matter of fact, you know, Jesus gave us hints of that when he declared in Luke chapter 17, uh, he said, you know, he said, just before the return of the Son of Man, it will be just like it was in the days of Noah. Now, that's Jesus' words, just mm-hmm. like it was. What does just mean? Just like it was. And he said, and it will be just like it was in the days of Lot. And, of course, you can... Ooh, you aren't know, we there? Yeah. yeah, so so you can go through all of those uh, passages of Scripture about the days of Noah, and you discover about the violence that filled the earth, wickedness in man's heart, the corruption of all flesh, human and animal flesh, uh, the perversion of sexuality and marriage. Uh, you go to Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot, and you find the same kinds of things, and even even some worse descriptions. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Jesus said, you know, it'll be just like those days, meaning... 
that everything's going to come full circle. And when God pushes the reset button again, like he did in the days of Noah, but this time with the return of his son breathing, his very breath destroying the works of man. But when God pushes the reset button again, it will be because the earth has come full circle right back to the days of Noah and Lot. Yeah, and and we're certainly there. There's a there's a case of a uh, a woman who was engaged in a homosexual uh, relationship, and she got herself uh, impregnated with uh, artificial insemination. Lisa Miller, I don't know if you're familiar with the case, but she had to flee the nation because a judge wanted to give uh, custody of the little daughter Isabella. Uh, to her former uh, lesbian partner. Now, this woman has found Christ, and she's turning away from that. Uh, but she's the mother. She's the birth mother, and the other woman uh, was did not adopt. There's no paperwork. And in the uh, state of Virginia, where I live, uh, a judge said that, uh, you know, what, what they do in Vermont has no bearing on Virginia law. The child was born in Virginia. The woman lived in Virginia. They sent the case to Vermont anyway, and now a Christian pastor, some some Christians wanted to help this woman. They helped her escape the United States because that's the only way she could save her daughter. Uh, The judge had ordered this woman to have um, visitation with this woman whom she had not seen for two and a half years, and the woman was showing the little girl how to masturbate, taking baths with her reading this book to her, Heather Has Two Mommies. And now this Christian pastor has been found guilty of aiding and abetting international kidnapping. Now, this is the woman's own daughter. Yeah. And the pastor has to go to jail for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, brother, listen, it's the signs of the time. And I'm not giving up the fight. Don't don't hear me. Don't hear that in my voice. I'm just saying that this is... It's a, the perversion knows no depth. Yeah. Um, and so even even in the attempt of one like uh, President Trump and those that uh, hold to his values of, you know, a constitutional Republican borders and and, you know, inequality and et cetera, et cetera, even even though even he is finding out that the deep state is alive, it's well, it's filthy, the swamp is nasty. Uh, the more you drain it, the more the swamp creatures go out of their minds, the more they attack, the more they bite. I mean, this, this building of the deep state, this building of the, of the fake news, the f- fake news is the foundation of it, but this building of the deep state to subvert the United States of America, the Constitutional Republic, the rule of law, this has been going on truly since the foundation of our nation at, at one level or another. Yeah. But it has been going in the last 100 years. It has been hot and heavy, and, and it really ramped up and came to a fever pitch during the days of Obama. And they thought Hillary Clinton was going to walk right in. Mm-hmm. And, brother, you and I wouldn't even be on the radio today had she won that election. Oh, We're still yeah. here, but I don't know how much longer. Yeah, yeah, because they, you know, they would have gotten another appointment to the uh, FCC and— you know, they they would they would have just said, hey, you know, you guys have to have the other po- viewpoint. And how am I going to do my radio of truth? And they say, well, OK, now, Satan, you've heard Brother Craig. What do you have to say? You know, you know, you've heard Brother Carl. You you do you doing uh, Freedom Friday still? Oh, oh yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. You know, and you wouldn't be able to do your program. Yeah. 
No, in fact, it would even it could even be worse than that. I mean, I've got dear friends who are um, uh, premier broadcasters in the nation of Canada, both television and radio, oh. and they can't even mention the stuff that you and I are talking about. And yeah, they, I've we heard just, about what they're doing oh, yeah. in Canada. Yeah, oh. they'll shut them down. They'll shut them down and put them in jail and shut the programs down. And I mean, it's just yeah, the politically correct police are thick, thick, thick. That's a heavy, heavy duty thing in Canada. Yeah, and you know they they pretend it's just like. Um, you read in the days of Jesus that they would feign themselves just men. And so they, these people pretend they put on a cloak of righteousness. They don't just come out and just be like uh, Stalin or Mao. Yeah, they put, or I, I don't, maybe Stalin and Mao, maybe they had a cloak of righteousness uh, also. But it's, you know, since they killed people in the hundreds of millions, it's, um, you know, everyone knows that they're wicked. But yeah. in, in, in this country, they put on this cloak of righteousness that we're doing this to protect the little guy. And, you know, yeah. that's the Democrat Party mantra that, you know, in, in spite of their history, this false mantra still seems to ring true to half of America. So is it something wrong with the thinking of half of America or is there something wrong with our side and our inability to articulate uh, truth in a way that is forceful, uh, fair. Now, you know, I'm not saying, uh, Brother Carl, that we should imitate uh, them, uh, but certainly we could imitate the force that they use, but just do it with righteousness. Well, well, I think it's, I think it's both, Brother Craig. I mean, you've you've brilliantly presented the scenarios that uh, uh, that are the foundational uh, elements of the problems we're facing, and and it's both. It's both half half of America. Uh, they they're not us, <laughs> and yeah. I don't I don't mean that in an ugly way. I mean they don't understand our constitutional republic. They don't understand rule of law. They don't understand the power of the individual and the celebration of individual liberty and and creativity. They don't understand the need for borders, or you don't have a nation. They don't mm-hmm. understand the need for a superpower military, or the enemies around the world will come in and overwhelm you and conquer you like every other wicked empire has ever done. They don't understand these things. Mm -hmm. And there's various reasons why they don't understand. Some of them have just been dumbed down over the last 100 years. Some of them are here... Some of them are here as a result of implants, purposed implants by the enemy. They're among us. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, the rest of it is here because of the purposed uh, efforts of the deep state over the years, building up the, the judicial system, packing it yeah. with communist, socialist, ultra-left-wing, uh, the media, the courts, the, the Congress, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you've got that factor of the equation that half of America just doesn't get it. They don't get yeah. what you and I get. They don't want what you and I want. They yeah. don't want what Donald Trump wants. The other half is, is that those who are more on our side and way of thinking, the other half of America, uh, they're just now beginning to wake up, brother. Mm-hmm. They've been in slumber for for 50 years. And, and some of it... better finish waking up because this yeah. <laughs> this midterm election is going to be a big it's one. Right I think the, num- the, the participation numbers, I think, are going to go through the roof. I, I think so, too, on both sides, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely on both sides, yeah. yeah. Now, for you all out, if you're just joining us, I have my good friend, uh, my good friend and brother, Pastor Carl Gallops, is with us. And one of the things I neglected to mention in my introduction of Brother Carl is that he's also a uh, former law enforcement 
officer uh, in the state of Florida. I think uh, officer of the year for two different sheriff's departments, actually. And so now in, in, in law enforcement, uh, people on our side, so to speak, uh, people that believe in rules and law and order, uh, a lot of these tactics, these uh, strong arm tactics that are being used against uh, people like Paul Manafort and Cohen, uh, we used to either outright applaud them or would ignore them under the guise of, well, if you strong arming a criminal, so what? Maybe he didn't do this one, but I bet he did something else. And so there was not um, an examination uh, or not a close examination oft times uh, when law enforcement went overboard because that was seen as the price of law and order that, uh, you know, you're going to, a few around the edges, uh, you you may go a little bit overboard. But now that this is being exposed as uh, someone that is, in, in the case of uh, Cohen, okay, he's pled guilty to things that are not crimes under pressure. You look at Flynn, the FBI said Flynn did not lie. Then they force him to admit that he lied in order to stop the financial bleeding because he can no longer afford uh, $500 per hour uh, lawyers. Uh, and I guess you multiply that times however many lawyers they have. And so this is, you, so you have this thing flipped upside down and the Democrats for years have claimed to be uh, wanting to stop uh, overzealous prosecutors, but now they're championing overzealous prosecutors. Yeah, their hypocrisy knows no end because the leftists are out to destroy this nation. So what they mean when they want to stop overzealous prosecutors, they mean when those overzealous prosecutors are used against them. That's what they mean because their hypocrisy knows no boundaries. And so, again, this is all a part of the deep state, communist, socialist, far-left tactics that have been going on for a good 100 years. It's in, in, the, in the whole uh, attempt to subvert this, the sovereignty and the power and the strength of this nation. Now, listen, that's at the political level. You know, you and I are believers. I'm a, I'm a student of the Word, a preacher, teacher of the Word for 35 years, um, an author of books about the Word of God. I happen to know, and you happen to know, we look at the world through a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. So we understand that this is deeply spiritual, deeply spiritual. And so when we speak of the deep state, we must never forget there is an absolutely deeper state it's with Satan as its head. Mm. And when you look at the all-out hatred of the nations launched at Israel and the return of Jerusalem to a returned Israel oh, yes. and what Donald Trump did with that, and you look at the all-out hatred of the nations and, and people, half of our own nation, towards the United States of America, the largest Christian nation the planet has ever known. And by Christian, that means there's more people professing Jesus Christ as as, mm. as Savior in our nation than in any other singular nation, and you look at the wickedness that that prevails in our nation, and you got to think, my gosh, man, this is an all-out launch attack of Satan and the demonic realm against that nation which represents the spread of the gospel, and that other nation which represents God's promise to the Jewish people and to the world. And you can see the spiritual connections. And yeah. so, brother, this this attempt to overthrow the United States is not merely a political deal. This is deeply spiritual, brother. Mm-hmm. So now what's wrong with 
preachers that are preaching the word of God, I mean, is it, do we just simply say, well, they, you know, we could quote a scripture and say they, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power of God. Is, is it just that simple that these are just uh, people that are in the religion business and, you know, they're not truly about their father's business like a son, but more like an employee? Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it, Brother Craig. If you're asking my opinion, you know, I'm going to give you my opinion for what it's worth. I think that's a huge part of it. But I think it's much more complex than that because mm-hmm. you did ask the question. I know it was rhetorical because I know you know the answer, but you <laughs> asked the question, is it is it simply this? And And the answer is, it is that. It is that, but I don't think it's simply that, mm-hmm. in that there are some uh, some good people out there in pulpits and preaching the Word that really love the Lord and love His Word, and, and really their heart is to, to do the right thing, to, to grow disciples and Christians in the Word of God so they can accurately handle the Word of truth. But many of them have been... Uh, you know, swept up in the world, swept up in the busyness, swept up in the continual spiritual onslaught in their own churches and ministries. Uh, Their attention has been diverted. A lot of them have graduated from seminaries and Bible colleges that that do not connect the dots from Genesis to Revelation uh, in the appropriate contextual way. And so a lot of them become, uh, you know, to the the pulpits and to the ministry field, ill-equipped and not not really understanding how to do deep research, investigative research of the scriptures, and to connect the dots with, uh, you know, with scholarly uh, attestation and and word studies, and and so, so then you wind up with people uh, that they just don't know how to do it, or they get a little lazy. And I'm not trying to be disparaging. I'm just mm-hmm. answering your question. I've been at this for a long time. Yes. I've been all over the world. I've been all over the United States. I've talked to thousands over the years of church members and pastors. I know what I'm talking about, brother. I'm mm-hmm. surrounded by pastors in my own region for 33 years. I've been the senior pastor of one church. I've seen people come and go from pulpits. I know what I'm talking about, brother. Some of them are shysters. Some of them are in it for a business. Some of them think it's an easy life. And it is if you're not for real. If you're if you're not for real, you can just fake it and go on and be a, oh, a superstar yeah. or whatever. Even... Yeah. Uh, Satan went after Jesus in the yeah. in the desert and and made that offer that uh, you know if you just bow down to me I'll give you all of this the kingdoms yeah. the money I I guess the the women or in the case of the Catholic Church the little boys I mean well, it just all you know and I, I'm not disparaging the entire Catholic Church but that's that's a big that's I mean in one diocese in one state one thousand little boys have been violated. I know. And did you notice that when he offered that to Jesus, Jesus didn't say, well, those are not yours to give. But 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 rather, Jesus just quoted Scripture and basically told him, uh, you know, go jump off a cliff. I'm not taking mm-hmm. your deal. But the point is, at that point in time, Jesus even told his own disciples that that Satan was the prince of this world. Mm-hmm. He is the ruler of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. But that's temporary. That's temporary. Jesus is coming for the restitution of all things. He's coming to reclaim it all. He's coming to restore it all. He's already won the battle on Calvary's cross and an empty tomb, and he's coming again, mm-hmm. and it will be under the domain of King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But the point is, 
We're still living on the other side of that. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Our purpose in life is not to see how rich we can get, how much power we can get, how many positions and prestige we can get, and how many friends we can get and likes we can get on Facebook. That's not our purpose in life. Our purpose in life as born-again believers is to be ambassadors for the kingdom of Jesus Christ, for the soon-coming kingdom. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so, so, but that's, that's what's going on in today's church. So in America, we've had such, the, the great blessing has become our great curse. That is, our great blessing is is that we're strong and we're relatively free. I mean, you know, yeah, freer relatively. Than place, yeah, freer <laughs> than almost any other place on the planet. But we're strong and we're free and we're prosperous. Those are our blessings. The curses are we're strong and we're free mm-hmm. and we are prosperous. <laughs> because what happens is then the churches get fat and lazy and, lazy. and yeah, yeah. And, and, and uninformed and misinformed and satisfied to be fat and lazy and mm-hmm. uninformed and misinformed. And, and then you've got, as I said, uh, pastors that either they're too lazy in some cases or in other cases they just don't know how mm-hmm. to study and to connect the dots, which is one reason I'm writing all these books. Not that I know everything, but I've learned a lot, and I do know how to connect the dots. Yes, from my you do, brother. Law enforcement days, and I happen to have been trained in some really, a really good, uh, solid uh, conservative seminary back in the day. And so I know how to do it. And I'm trying to get these things out there so that they can see them. And when they do, when they read them, like my last two especially, the one, one just released yesterday, Gods of Ground Zero, and uh, the one that released just about six or seven months ago, uh, Gods and Thrones, they both kind of go together. Um, those mm-hmm. books, I mean, the Maybe. pastors and teachers that are reading them is just it's rocking their world yeah Yeah. now that's news to me about the the uh the latest book that just released maybe we need to talk about that one on the other side of the break yeah, I would love to. God oh. of Ground Zero. Yeah, you should already have your copy, brother. If if, if you don't have it, we'll get one to you. But you oh, yeah, you got to get that one to me. So we got we got to take a bottom of the hour news break. We'll be okay. right back, folks. Okay. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, "Come and see." And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names And he decides who to free and who to blame Everybody won't be treated all the same There'll be a golden ladder reaching down When the man comes around The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. 
military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the FirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, if you're just joining us, folks, I have my very good friend, uh, brother and pastor, Carl Gallops. And uh, Brother Carl, I uh, I just pulled it up, man, and we had a disconnect somewhere because I know usually I get your books uh, right away. <laughs> yeah. So, so because uh, typically I would like to have read the book, but uh, the book yeah. is Gods of Ground Zero. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and run with it, brother. Uh, what's this book about, and uh, you know why uh, should our audience go out, run out, and purchase it? Well, listen, I appreciate it. And and you know my heart, brother. I'm not here to sell a book. It's just I'm a preacher, teacher of the Word for decade after decade after decade. And I I preach and speak in Bible conferences, prophecy conferences, and and I'm continually digging and studying and connecting dots and backing it up with scholarly commentary, scholarly research, with, with Hebrew and Greek word studies. But I write it at a level for everybody in the pew that anybody can understand it so they can know the deep truths and connections of God's Word. But the deal is, if, if, if you're going to get it to the masses, if you're going to get it to the world and make a difference, you've got to do so, you got to put it in a book or a movie right. or something yeah. because you can't just you know, stand in front of a thousand people at a prophecy conference and expect the world to know about it. So, you know, so you have to kind of tell people about the books. And mm-hmm. I put a year of of writing and research and effort into uh, writing these books. So that's why people need to get it. But this Gods of Ground Zero, brother, listen, it blew me away when I was writing it because I knew 80% of what's in this book I already knew, and I've been preaching and teaching, and I thought, you know, i got to get this on paper, mm-hmm. and I've got to connect the dots. And by the way, I'm going to tell you and your audience what those dots are in a second. But... But then as I started doing it, and I started going back thousands of years into the ancient Jewish mindset of of scriptures, then I started coming up into just the last 100 years of the classical scholars and what they had been seeing in the scriptures regarding the things I'm getting ready to talk about. And I saw that dozens and dozens had seen the same things that Mm -hmm. I've been seeing. And, and they just hadn't connected the dots in one particular place. Then I started going to the Hebrew lexicons and the Greek lexicons and studying the ancient languages and the variations and the nuances of the meanings of the words that are in the scriptures. And I said, oh my gosh, it's right here before our eyes. And we haven't seen it. Most of us haven't seen it, preached it, taught it. So I had a bunch of aha moments. But as I put the manuscript together and got it in readable form, I sent it out to some Mm pre-readers, and I had a New York Times bestselling author write me back 
I would give you his name. Your, your audience would know him, but he, I didn't ask permission. And he, <laughs> oh, okay. But he wrote me back, and he said, Carl, he said, this is the best book that I have ever read that unfolds the understanding of the Bible. He said, I've never read anything better. Those, those were his words, not mm-hmm. mine. And I, I'm just, I was blown away. I was so humbled. I wrote him back. I said, brother, thank you. He said, I'm serious, Carl. This has rocked my world. And and then just the other day, I heard from another best-selling author who, well, just two days ago, actually, uh, said something very similar. Then yesterday, I had another national best-selling author on my show. Uh, we were talking about something totally different. In the middle of it, he just stopped. He says, i got to say something to your audience. You don't know I'm going to say this. And I said, I was thinking, oh, my gosh. Don't you hate that one again? Says that, Brother Craig. <laughs> Live radio. I, I kind of like it, you know, because you know, it, yeah. it, it makes it interesting. It keeps folks yeah. on edge. Well, yeah. it does. But, you know, I'm live radio, and he says that. But he says, you know, several months ago you sent me your manuscript for your book, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I hope he's going to say something good since that's where he's going. <laughs> but he just went, and he basically said the same thing. Mm-hmm. He said, Carl, he said, it, it, this has changed the way that I read my Bible. He said, it's unbelievable that the, the things that you have exposed and revealed, and it's all backed up. He says, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't argue with it. And I said, well, brother, you know, the haters will find a way to argue with it. But anyway. <laughs> they will. You trust yeah. me. But, but, but anyway, so the point is, I said all of that to say to your audience, I'm not here to sell a book. I'm here to get people into the Word of God mm-hmm. and to find out why the headlines are the way they are, what's happening in this world, why it's going so crazy, why it literally is becoming exactly what Jesus said it would when he said it will be like the days of Noah. It will be like the days of Lot before the coming of the Son of Man. But, but Gods of Ground Zero explains everything. I mean, explain. in fact, one person wrote me back and said, this explains everything. <laughs> this book explains everything. And I said, oh my gosh, that's a, I got to use that. <laughs> but, it, but it does. All right, now, let me just explain the title and then a general overview. And then, brother, you can ask anything you want, of okay. course. Okay. But the, but the title, Gods of Ground Zero. Let me just deal with the word gods. That kind of, you know, from my, uh, from my book pr- 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 uh, prior to this, Gods, gods and, and Thrones. thrones. Mm-hmm. And, and you remember, and your audience will remember that word gods. It's little g with an S. It comes right out of the Bible. It, mm-hmm. You know, thou shalt have no other gods before you. I mean, God himself used the word. Right. Um, and, 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 and it generally speaks... Um, it can it can speak of either the angelic realm. You say God God calls the angels gods, little g with an s. Yes, he does. It comes from the Hebrew word Elohim. His name is Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. And then he said, "Let there be light." He said, "Let there be living things." He said, "Let us make a man." So it's in the singular. So we know we're talking about God, the Creator. Mm-hmm. But when the the words around it. Uh, refer to plural, like Psalm 82, where it says, Elohim sits among the council of the Elohim, and he says to them, have I not called you Elohim? Now you say, that's kind of confusing. And here's how it translates in the English. God sits in his divine council among the gods, little g. Mm -hmm. And he says, have I not called you gods, little g. 
So what we discover is that that term gods can mean the angels. It can also mean the fallen realm. It can mean the demonic. And there are passages, for example, in Deuteronomy that speak of the gods, little g, that are not really gods, little g. Rather, they are demons, the Bible says. And God, that's why God says, you shall have none of these other Elohim before you, little e. I am Elohim, big E. I am the creator. I am the Lord God. You shall not worship these fallen ones, these gods. All right. So So the angels and the demons, or the angels and the fallen angels, those that got kicked out of heaven. Yes, depending upon the context. Yes, and that's so important. And listen, that's like our, our English word, deer. If I just say to you, Brother Craig, deer, all right, now you're thinking, did he just see one deer on the side of the road, or is he looking at a herd of deer standing in a field? Well, you don't know, because I haven't put any qualifiers. If I say, look at that deer, then you know it's one deer. If I say, look at those deer, then you know it's a herd, or or two or three or four. You know, I just had that conversation with my granddaughter uh, two weeks ago. We saw some deer, and she put an S on it. And I, t- I had to explain that to her. It was, sweetheart, deer, you you never put an S on it. It could be one, or it could be more than one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's exactly, and the word buffalo is the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. And so, um, and, and, and then Elohim is like another strange English word, glasses. Mm-hmm. If I say, I need my glasses... What do you think I need? Well, most people would think you're talking about the things you put on your eyes. But what if I'm preparing a picnic and I'm setting the dishes on the table and I turn to you and say, okay, now I need my glasses. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I need to go to the cupboard and pull down drinking vessels and a bunch of them because I meant it plural. But if I say I need those things that go on my eyes, that's a singular thing. Mm-hmm. Yet the word is the same and it means two different things. And one of the uses is plural, and one of them singular. Mm-hmm. So how in the world do we know what glasses we're talking about? Context. Elohim is one of those words. It's exactly the same as that in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. So when we find the word Elohim in the Scriptures, we have to know which kind of Elohim are we talking about. We have to know how many. Are we talking about the one true God, Elohim, capital E? Or are we talking about the little gods, little g, little e, Elohim? So, the title, Gods of Ground Zero, refers to all of those. It refers to the Lord God. It refers to Satan, the God, little g, that fell. It refers to the demonic realm. It refers to the angelic realm. It talks about the spiritual warfare that is so pervasive in this world that that accounts for the headlines. But get this, Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. I know when people hear that, they think, oh, you're not 9 11, ground zero. Yeah. Now, of course not. <laughs> of course not. Well, see, but the term ground zero, it wasn't just invented for 9 11. Right. Just that's the way people think of it. But, mm-hmm. but the word ground zero means a foundational, unprecedented event that occurred someplace that was the launching pad for something, usually something horrific. It doesn't always have to be, but again, right. context. Mm-hmm. But I go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and I declare, the Word of God declares, that's the cosmic ground zero. That's the first terrorist attack. That's where the first false prophecy was given. That's where the first lie was told. That's where the fall occurred. That's where the first judgment was was given from heaven's throne. That's where the first prophecy of the coming Messiah was first given. I mean, that place is 
filled with unprecedented events in the history of the cosmos. It is ground zero. But once we study through the whole garden thing and find out who was really there. Was it really a walking, talking snake? No, it was not. The rest of the scriptures tell us it wasn't, and I outlined this in my book. By the way, everything that I say, I'm, I'm not pulling this stuff out of my back pocket, Brother Craig. I, oh, I, I, yeah, I'm, I can now, tell. Yeah, yeah no, and, no, and no. You, But see, this is what uh, the people that uh, make fun of Christians they take the cartoon version, mm-hmm. uh, like the, the little stories that yep. maybe you tell uh, your children in a little yeah. children's book just to get them in the habit of reading. And, uh, and it's sad that uh, people grow up and they never outgrow that. Well, listen, you're right. And this is the point of my book. This book has a dozen or more astounding revelations about the Word of God, about how it connects to life things that will help people make sense of the entirety of the Word of God that they've never seen before. I'm telling you, New York Times bestselling author told me that. He said, I've been writing about the Bible for years. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I have never seen this stuff. This This has rocked my world. It's the best book I've ever read. And and so I'm telling you, and it's not because I'm so smart, brother, because it's just that I'm connecting the dots, and I'm putting it in one easy-to-read book. Forty chapters. Each chapter has four or five pages. That's all. They're short. They're snappy. They're powerful. Each one of them packed with, oh my gosh, moments. Mm -hmm. And it connects the dots from chapter one through chapter 40. And by the time you get to the end, you put it down and take a breath and say, I see so much clearer now. But the bottom line is, it's just what you said, brother. Brother Craig, we've turned ground zero into a children's bedtime story with a walking, talking snake handing a woman an apple, which isn't even there. Mm -hmm. Um, And we tell everybody, okay, that's why we're in such bad shape, little Susie, little Johnny, because a walking, talking snake, that sounds like something out of mythology, brother. Yeah. And and what, so everybody's going to hell and the whole world is immersed in disease and corruption and crime and filth and perversion and sexual degradation and plagues and 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 all and every and and unless you're under the blood of Christ billions of humans are on their way to hell i mean because a talking snake handed a woman an apple really <laughs> no well, listen. no see but the whole thing is presented metaphorically. Now listen, I want your mm-hmm. listeners to hear me. Go ahead. The, the Garden of Eden was real. Adam was real. Eve was real. The fall was real. The judgment was real. How do we know these things? Because the rest of the Bible tells us those things over and over and over. But watch this. The walking, talking snake, a metaphor. The trees and the fruit, metaphors. How do we know? As you will see when you read my book, because the rest of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and out of the mouth of Jesus, this is going to shock people when they read this, it tells us it was metaphor. Mm-hmm. It was not a walking, talking snake. It was Satan. Now, okay? can we, we, we need to take a quick break, our final break of the day, and when we come back, we'll, we'll give it back to you, Brother Carl. If, you, if you're just joining us, we have my good friend, brother, and yes. Pastor Carl Gallup's discussing his latest book, Gods of Ground Zero. We will be right back. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig.
Just as I am without one plea But that thy blood was shed for me And that thou bidst me come to thee O Lamb of God, I come I come. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, TheFirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, with my guest, uh, my friend and brother, Pastor Carl Gallops. And uh, I hope you guys were listening to that giving ad uh, for me to stand behind this microphone. Uh, that old saying is true, freedom is not free. And uh, for those of you who may be inclined to uh, share a little something this way uh, to my organization, The First Amendment, Inc., uh, which keeps us on the air. Uh, if you go to our website, thereallyrealdeal.com, uh, you can simply click the donate button. But for those of you who perhaps do not go online and you want to just send in an old-fashioned check in the mail, the address is 8659 Staples Mill Road, 8659 Staples Mill Road, Richmond, Virginia, 23228. Richmond, Virginia, 23228. Two two eight and uh, and we thank you and uh, we did get uh, some donations last week and I just want to say thank you to uh, if the donors are listening uh, thank you and God bless you and uh, and brother Carl uh, you know, we we got eight minutes left brother yes sir yes right, so I'll keep going okay yes please do okay. this is so important to get people to reading the Word of God there's so much in. Okay. God's word that can really has the power to save lives. Yes, thank you. And and I'll keep an eye on the clock. Okay, well let me just say this. So ground zero, of course now we know it's the garden of Eden. That the garden of Eden is the reason why you and I have a sin nature, why 7 billion people on the planet do and the billions before. It's the reason why we're reading all the filth and the degradation in our headlines. It's the reason why when Jesus said it's going to be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot in the last days that we're actually watching that happen. It's the reason why we know that Israel has returned, Jerusalem has has returned to the capital of Israel. All of that is happening in the last days. 
just as the Bible says. We're watching the nations surround Jerusalem, either with their violence and their, and their talk of overthrow or joining their militaries. Russia and China right now are doing nuclear war exercises in the Middle East and, and around the world. Uh, that was announced just a couple days ago. Turkey's falling into an Islamic caliphate. Russia, China, Iran, and Turkey are in cahoots all around Israel. Syria's in a fallen state of, uh, of civil war that they'll never recover from. This is absolutely, these are amazing times, and it all traces back to the Garden. Once we understand what the Garden of Eden really was about, and we connect the dots of the dozen-plus scriptures after Genesis 3 that speak directly about the Garden of Eden, tells us what the trees were, tells us what the fruit was, tells us who the walking, talking snake was. See, a walking, talking snake is never again mentioned in the Bible, never, Mm -hmm. out of anybody. But we are told about the ancient serpent, which goes all the way back to the garden, and then it says, who is Satan? We are told in Ezekiel 28 when God said, you were in the Garden of Eden. You were my anointed cherub. Oh, so he wasn't a walking, talking snake. He was one of the cherubim, one of the living creatures around the throne of God, a worship leader, a guardian of the holiness of God's throne. Yes, that's who was in the garden. Why was he there? God tells us, I appointed you as the guardian cherub. He was the governor of the Garden of Eden. He was sent from the throne of God to be the overseer, and instead he profaned it, and instead he stole it. He called God a liar. He took it for his own, and God gave it to him until it's redeemed and restored under the blood and the soon coming of Jesus Christ. The whole Bible is about the Garden of Eden. From garden, from chapter 3 to Revelation 22, where we find the restoration of the Garden of Eden, it literally says that. The tree of life will be there, the river of life will be there, the throne of God will be there, but it's called the New Jerusalem. And so from Genesis 3 to Revelation 22, the whole Bible is about what Satan has turned into a children's bedtime story. You never hear the truth truth preached from pulpits. You never heard it taught in Sunday schools. You never see these dots connected because Satan is the deep state. He is the fake news. He's covering it up so nobody will know. Now, I want to give one quick little gem from mm-hmm. my book to your listeners before we have to go. I'm watching the clock, brother. Okay. Because this is just one of dozens like it. There's only three times in the New Testament the word paradise is used. But if you look in any Greek dictionary, any Greek lexicon, and you'll discover that every one of them say that word in English comes from a Greek word that comes from the Hebrew phrase Gan Eden, Garden of Eden. Mm. The word paradise translates in the Jewish mind Garden of Eden. Now let's look at the places where it's used. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And those who to who overcome and follow the Lamb, it says they will be given the right to eat of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. Then when you get to Revelation 22, you hear about the tree of life being restored, and it's the new Jerusalem. And so you hear that. You hear in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, I know a man that was caught up to paradise, Mm -hmm. to the third heaven. He's speaking of himself. himself. He was caught up to the Garden of Eden, the real Garden of Eden that's guarded by the cherubim and the spiritual dimension. but But get this, brother. Here's the third time. Jesus is on the cross, downtown Jerusalem. The thief turns to him and says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in the Garden of Eden. Brother, ground zero is Jerusalem. 
ground zero is the Garden of Eden. It's always been about when God brought his children out of Israel, he says, I'm going to take you to the place where I have put my name. I'm going to take you to the place where you will build a temple, where you will fellowship, where we will fellowship. We will restore a Garden of Eden existence as much as can be restored in a fallen creation until the new Jerusalem comes down. Yeah, powerful brother, stuff, that's brother. The power of the Bible, the message. <laughs> that's just one little piece of tidbit of dozens like that that are revealed in this book, Gods of Ground Zero. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Gods of Ground Zero. Now folks can get it, I take it at uh, Amazon. Yes, they can get it anywhere. Good books are sold, and if they don't have it in stock, they can order it. But Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, uh, yeah, carlgallops.com, uh, just all over the place. But it released yesterday. It's already number one bestseller in new releases on Amazon, and it was just released yesterday, less than 24 hours ago. Wow. Yeah, powerful stuff. And uh, I am really looking forward to my copy coming in the mail, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's coming. I will make that happen. I will start the process today. Okay. God bless you. And uh, give your lovely bride uh, our best. And, um, you know, Mrs. Hatchett and I, um, you. you know, we think of you guys often. And uh, we really need to take that trip down there to Florida and, and uh, break bread with you, brother. Thank you. I would be honored. You give Kimberly and your father-in-law my love. I know both of them, and I'm, I'm just honored to be a part of your family in that way. I will give your love to my wife, Pam, and to your listeners. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you always. And thank you, Brother Craig, for having me on today. You're it's so kind. A, it's a pleasure and an honor, and uh, looking forward to doing it again sometime soon, brother. Me too, brother. All me right. Too. God Take bless. Care. Bye-bye. All right. Well, all right, folks. That's it for today, and uh, we... We're going to see you guys uh, next week right here. Same hatchet time, same hatchet station. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that